Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. Tail Opener is here, and me and Elliot have our weekly hunt updates to share with you guys, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's jump right into the podcast and, and talk about teal season. What's going on, guys? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube. Got my co-host alongside me, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting. We're here for the new weekly hunt update and we've both been out teal hunting and getting after the ducks, so we're here to share our stories and of our hunting success and failures and whatever happens with you guys. So uh, how you doing, Elliot? I'm doing good. This is our first chance to actually talk about waterfowl hunting. It is finally here. Yep, yep. The long wait is over and uh, can't be more excited to be out there getting out in the great outdoors. Uh, you know, just loving every minute out in creation. So can't complain about that. So let's jump right into the hunts, talk about what was going on. And so let's start with your first day, Elliot. Okay. So we, we hunted both Saturday and Sunday. And on this trip was myself, Fumble Mitts, Ben Page from Foul Front and his friend Austin. And I never, ever hunted with Ben or Austin, never met Austin. Um, we've talked to Ben a bunch, had him on our podcast. We've been on his podcast. So felt like i knew him so when he showed up it, honestly it was just like seeing um a good friend and um we had a great time now on sunday um nevin and my dad and one shot wheezy and i hunted so but the, the saturday hunt um i got there on friday early enough that my dad and i were to be able to do a bunch of scouting and we had a ton of birds located we had about seven different options that we kind of liked um, now some of those were th- within the same pool. So if we have, we have a pool where it's like, okay, I like these two spots within this pool. Um, but if I can't get those two, then I'm going to go somewhere else. So we had about seven good spots lined up, which we, tr- we like to try to have about that many going into an opening day. It just makes me feel more relaxed. I mean, we've never, ever ended up in that number seven spot, but it just makes me feel better to have a game plan of, you know, it's opening day. If it gets way more crowded than we expect under you know we've got all these options so um that's how we we do it so i was camping out at the campsite my dad and mom have their fifth wheel camper um in a town about 20 minutes away so i was camping out by myself the night before and no one else was even in the campground and i've been to this place a ton of times um years and years i've never ever had just a completely empty campsite um the night before an opener so i was really really pumped about that it's like you know maybe there won't be that many people out right maybe we'll get our number one spot um maybe it's just gonna work perfect so about about i'd say 8 45 ben and his buddy roll up um had a great time just hanging around the campfire talking duck stories getting to know each other in person a little bit and um then we went off to bed got up super early and Ben and his friend were following me in their truck and then Fumbles was coming from his fifth wheel and we were going to meet at the at the parking lot at the same time. Well, Fumbles was there a little bit ahead of us and as we roll in, there he is spinning his wheels. He's stuck. And and I'm like, oh, this is starting terrible. His He couldn't get his, his um, truck into four-wheel drive. So he's spinning his wheel, he's stuck. And not only that, there's like three cars in the parking lot. So... I'm like, all right, this is not going well. <laughs> all right, off the bat, this is not going well. So he eventually gets his truck out because uh, Ben's friend Austin was like, well, maybe you can manually put this into four-wheel drive, which you could. And so manually flipped him over and got out. Um, I went into the parking lot. There was a guy just getting out of his truck that obviously slept there. And I'm kind of asking him because there's three cars. And he's like, yeah, there's you know already three groups in here. And, and this was like so early in the morning. I guess they, I think they had slept in the parking lot. So like, crap, there goes one spot one and spot two um, are now gone. So now we're moving on to spot three. So we rush over to spot three and actually spot three, four and five were kind of in the same general area that we could see who was there. And we were the first people there. And so that made me feel really, really happy. Um, So we got out, we had um, a layout boat for the dogs to ride in and the water is only about 
calf to knee deep. This pool is mostly flooded smartweed. Um, and then they cut holes and trails because smartweed can get so thick that you just can't, you can't even hunt it. So we went clear back in the back end where I'd had, we had scattered out to go, got that spot. And then we still had a bunch of time left over um, just to hang out. And so about the time sun comes up, um, it's really, it's drizzling rain, really gray. And, and so at shooting time, it's really hard to see the birds. And um, as the first few passes came in, we were kind of holding off on them just because you can't see them. And I, I think if you shoot those shots, you're going to miss quite a bit of time because even, even as they go through the weed beds and stuff, um, you just can't even see them. So um, once it got a little bit lighter, the, the birds started, there was a bunch of birds flying around, but that first 15 minutes, there was more passing and we were just kind of passing up on those shots, took a few of them and missed, but then pretty soon um, they started coming in singles and doubles just right into the hole. And as soon as they started doing that, um, it was just like clockwork about every two to five minutes, we'd have either a single or a double just drop right into the, right on the, right into the spinners, right into the hole. And it became really easy shooting really really fast and so i was i was trying to film it but um it was it was such clockwork there's like every two or three minutes that um ben would shoot one austin would shoot one and then i would just since i had the gopro going i just put the camera down then i'd shoot one and so we kept in track it was like we almost limited out at the same time so ben shot his limit then austin finished his limit off then i finished my limit off and um at that and that was about an hour and 15 minutes it, it took us to to shoot them and and the thing that one of the things that made me um the happiest about the hunt is that um how controlled and disciplined we were with our shooting because in an area like this if you start shooting a lot of pass shots even even you know not sky busting if you take a 25 yard shot whizzing over your head chances are that's going to land in the really tall smart weed and if you put a teal that can move at all unless your dog finds it. And the smartweed's so thick. It's hard for dogs with, you know, without just like fantastic noses to find these birds, you're going to lose a lot of birds, but we were getting a single or a double about every three to seven minutes. So we, we killed, end up killing, see Ben Austin and I shot our limit and my dad was just working with his dog. So he was, he didn't really start shooting until we were completely done with ours. Like he didn't even fire his first shot until we had, they had their limits and I was one away from mine. Um, cause he, at this point, he really, he just likes chilling out and, um, watching and working with his dog. And then at the end of the hunt, he'll clip his few birds. So he ended up shooting three, but I mean, he easily could have shot his limit if he had wanted to. So it took us about an hour and a half to take care of our limit and everyone shot really well. Every single bird was pretty much feet down. A lot of the birds landed and flushed back up and we were killing most of them at like 12 to 12 to 20 yards so it and, and on the whole complex I, I think pretty much everyone was shooting their limit there was that many birds but what i liked about it was the way that we shot our limit i mean in the decoys sitting there nice easy close shots i think i was six for eight my dad was like three for six and ben and austin took a few passing shots right at the beginning of the day before it was dark out and and then we were just kind of talking let's just be patient make sure we get the shots we want because it's not gonna be a problem and once we started past not shooting at those zipping shots that went by us it was just like clockwork just clipping them clipping them down the decoys and and with my new camera i was able to get almost every bird um on video the lighting was still kind of dark it was a real gray day out so um, my camera actually did pretty well considering how dark it actually was um, but i think that that camera will shine a lot better on sunny days um, than it did in that video yeah, you guys definitely had um, some really good footage of that, in my opinion. It just, you know, it looked great. Uh, you know, lots of kill shots, lots of the the dogs working. And uh, like you said, the, the teal looked like they're coming in right, real slow, right on, on your mojo. Yeah, right, and one, right, right, right on the mojo. And one thing you didn't mention that I, that I think I caught in the video is that Ben must have been bringing the mojos. <laughs> Yes, he did, because <laughs> he had the two doves. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the dove mojos because I think they look, they, they look, they appear to spin a lot faster. 
and they don't have the different coloration switch with like a a, a mallard mojo where you get the black the dark delight dark delight you don't get that on the dove one either it's huh. just all light colored and it's really fast not the, the one only, i have what is it what, what do you mean it's dark and dark on one side and light on the other on my mo dove mojo i did i think i was pretty sure his were white on both sides i thought um they looked like that when they, they could have been worn out maybe I don't know. And I'll tell you, I, I, the only other time, the only time I've ever seen this happen was with the Dove Mojo is that a hawk came on Simeon and Aiden's hunt last year. <laughs> a hawk came and tried to like take and tried to take it. And I've never had that happen to now. I mean, I, I don't know because my hawks will go after ducks, but I found that interesting that if maybe a hawk can tell the difference, then maybe ducks did. But you're right. The teal were landing right in the mojos just all day. So, mm, and, nice. and the other part I didn't. So the only bad thing about the whole weekend happened about, um, I'd say about five or six birds into the hunt where we had a bird land in the decoys. It came up, Austin shot and missed, shot it a second time. It was going right to left and just clipped it. And it went down right in the smart weed. So we sent both dogs out having problems finding it. So I got out of the blind, me and Austin were over there trying to find it. Izzy's right on top of it. And all of a sudden she screams out. And, and if you don't, if you don't watch my videos, Izzy is my 11 year old yellow lab and she screams out in pain and just can't even walk um so i'm freaking out the last thing i'm gonna do at this time is like here let me get my camera you know it just wasn't on my radar to mm. film this would have made a better video but at that time when your dog is like obviously seriously injured um that's not the last thing you're thinking about so yeah um austin was nice enough to pick her up bring her back to the boat and i'm like all right you're done because she obviously couldn't hardly walk on one leg and um brought her back to the boat she sat in the boat the whole time although she intently watched everything and even tried to jump out of the boat to retrieve one <laughs> um and then screamed in pain so mm. i took her to the vet that afternoon and she tore her acl so there's that um i, I he said first he said to me these surgeries are about three and a half to four thousand dollars and as soon as he said that i'm like oh well her her hunting career is over. I mean, I'm not going to spend $4,000. So I'm like, my head dropped and I'm just like, oh my gosh, because this dog is, man, she's like family. She's like best friend, you know, and I don't want her hunting career to be over. But then he's like, but we do the special procedure when you use monofilament line and, you know, for about $1,000, we can get her in and do that. And I'm like, what's the recovery time on that? It's like, well, it might be about 10 days. And so I really perked up at that point in time. So um, actually, ended up setting up a GoFundMe account and had uh, the most generous people, FDH community, I guess I'm blown away by them. Within less than 48 hours, um, there was $1,500 in that GoFundMe um, account. And so, uh, cause I honestly, I don't even, I don't have a thousand dollars right now to, to put in that being a, I just, I just don't have it. It's something I could probably, um, figure out a way to, to raise over the course of a few months, but I just don't have a lots of extra thousands just to be like, Oh, here's a thousand on my dog. So yeah, um, I hear you on that. By the graciousness of the community, um, she's going to get operated on Friday. Um, so we're going to hunt Friday morning. She's going in on Friday. Well, she's not going to hunt. And then um, she's going to get a surgery. So hopefully that she'll still be able to hunt this season. Hopefully. Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully it's ready for big duck season. If it, if it's a quick as recovery, as he says, then yeah, she'll get it done here in the second week in a teal. That'll give her about three or four weeks to recover. And then big duck starts. Well, if I could have her ready by October 13th, then that would be, yeah, that would be about three, about three weeks, three awesome. and a half weeks. So, or three weeks exactly. I can't think of it. It'd be one, four weeks, four weeks. Exactly. is what it'd be. So nice. All right. Anything else to add to your uh, your first day before I jump into? I think that the only other thing I would say is um, how much fun it was to hunt with Ben. Uh, oh, yeah. I get really nervous when hunt, when I'm hunting with with guys I don't know. We are. My dad is ingrained in me to be very very deliberate and conservative about our shot selection, um, and so it's really I don't like to hunt with a lot of people I don't know because our shot selection is much more conservative. So like the first half an hour, I'd say the first 15, 20 minutes of the day of the hunt, all we were getting was kind of passes zipping over 
and they shot three or four, they took three or four of those and, and weren't hitting them. And those are just, and I didn't bother me that they were shooting them, but, um, cause they were quality shots, but we typically just lay off those shots altogether. Um, so a lot of people are, our, our choices of shot selection don't match up, but Ben was like, look, you know, just tell us you call the shots and everything. And um, once they missed a couple passes, then the birds started settling right down in the decoys and they realized soon that just don't even worry about any shots unless they're right in the hole. And, and after that, I mean, they were the two of them. I don't, after, after they started shooting those shots in the hole, I don't remember a missing hardly at all. It was just bam, bam, bam. So hunting with Ben was really, really fun. His friend Austin is a super cool guy as well. So um, hopefully um, me, you and Ben can get on a hunt sometime. Cause he's, yeah, really that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you said, uh, I don't know if you said it or not, but if you guys don't know who he's talking about is Ben from the foul, Falfront podcast and we're kind of all buddies and <laughs> you know doing this thing together so we can uh you know be uh i don't know how to say that right but we, we just uh understand what we all go through with uh what we all do all the time so anyways yeah. let's let's go jump to what i what i did this weekend and so this last weekend so um my hunt this last weekend we went um down south to southern indiana um, to hunt some teal. We don't get teal and thick like uh, in northern Indiana. I don't even know if in southern Indiana you'd call it thick compared to like what you guys get in Kansas. But um, it's just, you know, it's a lot better as far as the teal go. Um, we went out to this really cool place. I'm not going to say exactly where it was. But, uh, you know, big lake with like these fingering marshes that come off of it. And, uh, you know, some really, really cool opportunity to get on some teal. So, um, we about halfway, halfway, uh, through the week before we got to hunting, um, we noticed the weather was going to be kind of like iffy. Yeah. We had, uh, I think it was Hur- hurricane Gordon coming through and the rain from that was just drenching everything. So we ended up going, we knew it was going to be a little bit, you know, kind of hit or miss on the weather. Um, didn't know exactly what to expect, but knew that they were calling for some rain. So the whole drive up there, it was just rain and all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, going to be wet the whole time all the way there. We get there. And so we get there about, um, I think it was, I think it was pretty late around 11 o'clock at night and, uh, it was still raining. So our plan was to camp and that kind of, you know, put a little bit of a damper on, on the camping because of the rain, you know, if it's raining right now, how do you even set up your tent? without getting everything wet so we ended up sleeping in the truck the night before uh (laughs) definitely not the most comfortable way to spend spend the night sleeping but you know you got to do what you got to do to get on some teal so next did you sleep in your seats or did you sleep like yeah no it was awful we slept in our seats and like we couldn't even tilt them back because the back was loaded with gear and chief was in the back and (laughs) and uh (laughs) so it was like sleeping like kind of like on your arm kind of like this against the window it was you know it hard to get a lot of a lot of shut eye and then like uh we're in this big like public area where other people are hunting and about like two in the morning uh this whole crew of like five trucks all dooleys with dog um kennels on top and i thought at first i thought it was a bunch of guys going to to um you know get ready for the till hunt but it turned out they're coon hunters and so (laughs) (laughs) their dogs are uh um you know howling and making us racket chasing raccoon through the the woods and i mean it's pretty cool um, one of my favorite childhood videos uh movies is uh where the red fern grows and you know so i'm like oh, i'm like living the red fern grows or something but anyways so getting on past that so finally morning comes and it's the till opener we're pumped to get out there it's time to go out to our spot and get ready to go and we get out there get our gear ready we're, we're getting everything ready to go out into um our till spot and uh literally it's just torrential downpour like uh just soaked and so we like jumped back into the truck all the stuff and then i had to like run back out there grab like you know uh stuff you don't want to get get wet like some of the camera gear our blind bags um our guns and we get back in there and we have to sit and wait and like right now it's like an hour before shooting light and we're trying to get you know you want to be set up you don't want to be setting up when the birds come in so um it kind of delayed us on it because it was literally like just a downpour and uh i hunt out of a canoe or we used the canoe to get to a spot and uh the canoe was literally we had to unpack everything once it stopped raining unpack everything dump the canoe so that it wasn't so heavy um and then we're able to get get out there and 
literally we're still trying to set up and birds are just flying all around and i mean there was a lot of a lot of tin in the area birds coming over us all over the place and uh <clears throat> yeah so we did end up missing a little bit of the morning flight just due the due to the weather and not being able to set up the way we wanted to um but <clears throat> long story short we did end up getting some till um and uh yeah so got on some till and then I'll, I'll go into one thing negative that happened so uh made a mistake and misidentified a wood duck and shot a wood duck during till season um definitely not something you want to do and uh you know definitely something i'm gonna have to do better on in the future as far as identification and ended up getting so wh- ticketed why do you for think, that why do you think you misidentified it why, why do you think you misidentified uh, it? i think you know it was it was literally like you know you're just getting back into the season and it landed in the set and I didn't see it come flying in and, and, you know, it was landed on the far end of the set, you know, about 30 yards out and having a wood duck sitting right next to a, a magnum mallard decoy. And, um, you know, I'm like, that has to be a till. It's so small looking at it. And I thought it was a till and it was just, you know, kind of like got a little too hyped and, you know, probably should have been more careful. Definitely should have been more careful. And, uh, you know, ended up misidentifying that and so kind of a cautionary tale you definitely don't want that to happen definitely don't want to start your opening day of of duck season with a dnr ticket not the way to go so cautionary tale for you guys (laughs) how how much how much was the ticket um i don't know yet it's one of those things you gotta call in and and they tell you so yeah yeah. (laughs) that's that's rough so yeah now how many of the four did you shoot three or two or um, so we shot, we shot six total and lost two. So we had, yeah, one, one that got shot in the set and I'm almost, there's just no way it lived. You know, it got blasted by my dad multiple times and then it, it flew off and chief chased it. Like, I don't even know, 200 yards and, uh, you know, had to call him back. Um, he was very re- reluctant to come back, but um, you know, so we lost one there and I lost another cripple. Uh, we had, we were sitting in a really unique spot. So like we're at the tip of one of the fingers, uh, in this marshy section. It was like so mucky. Like it was literally like six inches deep. And like, if you stepped into the muck though, you'd go down to like your knees. And so, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of hard to get around. So we got into a good spot there, but like we're sitting on, on the end of it. And it was like, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe a hundred yards wide at the tip of this finger of the marsh and the birds would come just barreling down like low all the way down the tip and then they'd get to where our decoys were and like i'd assume that they'd kind of like come and just like come into the side and go for it but sometimes they'd come and they'd go right to our right like you know 15 yards circle above us and come all the way back around and swing right in front of us and i had one that did that and it goes circles and i'm like take it right here and they're so fast that it circles all the way above us and back down in front of us before i was able to get a beat on it and one shot and it's going so flat fast still that it skins across the water you know and that's it was it was really cool you know seeing uh the teal do stuff like that yeah yeah so and and uh this was also my dad's first duck hunt so um, he got his, his first till as well. So, you know, definitely was pumped about that. <laughs> uh, his, uh, the till is his new background on his, in his wallpaper for, for his computer. So he's definitely pumped about getting on a till for that. Well, I know that you were th- really hoping that you could get him involved and more in duck hunting this season. Um, so do you think that this experience will do that? Yeah, I think for sure. Um, you know, it definitely puts a damper to get like a ticket for me to get a ticket and have that experience. But like, as far as like being out there in the outdoors, like, I mean, you gotta love that. And he's already been like, uh, uh, you know, in the outdoor activities. Um, one of our hobbies that we do together is we go fly fishing. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was just like a natural progression. Like if, you know, I'm duck hunting, I'm definitely wanting my dad to join in and, uh, you know, and I'm like, dad, you gotta try this. And like, it's so much fun. Um, and yeah, he, he definitely enjoyed it, you know, I think I can get him on a better one because <laughs> just the situation, like for somebody on the first time, like it was really some tough, strenuous work getting through that thick muck. And, uh, you know, that can be strenuous on anybody. And so yeah. as far as that, but then just, I don't know, it's just so much fun and seeing Teal work like that, flying all over the place. 
So it was definitely a good first experience as far as that goes. Well, that's, that's great. I, I bet he'll go out again with him. If he had fun and all that through the rain and the sleeping in the truck and the muck and getting a ticket, if he enjoyed that, then he's, he's <laughs> oh, good <yeah>. to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him on one of those cupcake hunts where you just kind of like walk through some tall grass or something, get to a, the side of a creek and have mallards coming in there. And that's so much more like it's a lot easier, um, you know, than working really hard on your first hunt and having to shoot, you know, the little sky rockets, little blue rockets. Yeah. Really hard to aim, and <laughs> but you know yeah. he got one. I was super pumped when he got one. Dropped it right out of there. So, anyways, moving on, kind of the second day, or just later on that day. So again, torrential downpour, and we got like I think it was like seven inches of rain, six six inches of rain, something like that, um, from that afternoon to that evening. So like uh, we literally we're we're planning to hunt or uh, to camp again, and we couldn't camp because. Um, the hurricane rains were just coming in as downpour, flash flooding. Um, so we ended up, we're, we're deciding like what we're going to do. We ended up getting a hotel. We stick it out for the next day. Then we get out there and like the whole marsh has changed. Like there was, we saw like a thousand till the first day and we saw like none, almost zero the next day, just from the huge weather change. And, uh, you know, another thing that kind of screwed us up is we kind of, we hunted the same section of the marsh, but we pushed up further into, um, the unit and the way it works is you sign into a unit and someone else signs in it first come first serve at this place and the people that were hunting the unit next to us hunted the far south side of ours and we hunted the far north side of ours and we didn't realize that until like it started shooting light and you know we can look in like 400 yards away we see a group set up with a mojo and any till that worked down from the the big part of the lake down the finger just sucked right into their mojo and uh you know we're sitting over here and we could see them shooting that's the only till we saw because none of them made it past them they just all decoyed into them and they were you know I, they probably got uh, you know they got quite a few and we got nothing just because the till didn't make it past them <clears throat> excuse me so um to kind of end end our weekend off, we decided that, you know, didn't want to necessarily end that day with getting a skunk. So we, we went out to the dove fields, put the dove mojo out there and shot a few of those. And so, you know, just a way to kind of end it without <laughs> when you're out there hunting, you want to be able to shoot your gun. So it wasn't till, but we got to get on a few a few doves and have some fun there. So anyways, how far how far, how far did you drive? We drove four and a half hours, so oh, wow. <laughs> it was actually a pretty, yeah, it was a, a pretty long drive, um, you know, but really wanted to get on some till. Weather had different opinions on that, so, you know, what that's duck hunting for you, though, so you got the good and the bad, and and you just go for it. Yeah. I think those were the same rains that we had been getting a few days before, the hurricane stuff. Yeah. Um, which is pretty amazing that, the, you know, the down in the Gulf, they can, the hurricane can slam and comes up through and dumps inches and inches in Kansas and then up in Indiana. And they, I mean, it's just goes to show you the power of those weather systems. Yeah, for sure. So, so you want to jump into your my, second day? Yeah. So my second day, um, we were taking out Nevin and one shot Ben and Austin went home. And so it was me, Nevin, one shot Wheezy and my dad. And so we found a place we were pretty sure had gone unhunted the day before. And we went and scouted it Saturday afternoon and um, there's lots of flooded grass. So it's, you know, teal can, they're the best hiding ducks in the world. You can see uh, a path of flooded vegetation and not think there's anything down there and there can be thousands. I mean, they're just masters at, at hiding. So we were overlooking it on this hill and I was glassing it and I couldn't, I was like, man, there's nothing here, nothing here, nothing here. And then I found this one little pool and I spotted them. And once I started spotting them, I just started seeing more and more little dots. But I can only see about 50, and I'm like, it's got to be more in there than that. But I really want to make sure. So I walked down in there, and immediately when I hit the shoreline, I started fleshing them up. Um, so I turned back quickly and went back the other way. And I was like, okay, I, I, this is going to be great. Because it seems like every time I take my boys out, um, it's not very good, right? Uh, they've been on a few <laughs> decent hunts, especially Elijah. Every time he goes out, it's like, you know, he got his name One Shot Wheezy because we – had this big hunt, he and I, he was trying to shoot his first duck ever, ever, and one hen mallard comes in, he takes one shot and kills his first duck ever. So that's ever since then, I started calling him One Shot Wheezy, or One Shot. And so I'm like, okay, this has got to be good. I know this is going to be good for the boys tomorrow. They can get plenty of shots, and hopefully everything goes well. They, they can both shoot their first limit, because neither of them had shot a limit before. I think um, Nevin had shot two on one hunt. Um, Elijah had never even shot two on a hunt before. 
So um, pretty easy walk in, get there. Um, we didn't even, we, we got there as late as possible because we were pretty darn certain that no one else was going to be in there. And we did have a backup plan that I thought was going to be pretty good that I knew for a fact another place hadn't been hunted opening day. Um, so go in there and um, birds are flying in and everything. And I'm having all right off the bat. I'm having camera problems. I had my, uh, my new cannon hanging around my neck in my vest and it was only like 60 degrees, but for some reason I wasn't dressed warmly. I was so sweaty and so overheated that my body temperature must've heated the interior of my camera because not the outer lens. Cause at first, you know, I, I kept looking through and I could tell it was all foggy. And so I would try to, you know, try to, um, get the fog off with a little cloth, you know, and it was still the same thing. I started looking, it was the interior lens that was fogged up. So like, there's nothing I could do. And so this whole time there's birds coming in, the boys are shooting and I'm not fully appreciating, appreciating what's going on because I'm messing with this stupid camera stuff. And I mean, Nevin's just pop, pop, pop. He's nailing them like crazy. And, um, he had, Nevin had his limit and Elijah had two and I didn't have any of it, any of it on camera. And, um, I'm like, dang it, this is going to slip away from me. I'm not going to get a video out of this here. They're going to shoot these limits. This is only like the first 20 minutes of the day. And, um, Nevin was like six for 10, six for 12 or something. And I'm, I'm missing it all for the camera. And then I wanted to get the GoPro going. So every time I literally, every time that I went up to adjust the GoPro to were landing in the decoys while I was just standing there and you know, the boys are getting all annoyed at me because they can't shoot because I'm in the decoys and, <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I, I, I'm, I've got to, I've got to get this go. Cause I, I normally don't, um, get the GoPro going right at sunup, which I should just do that anyway. Cause I've got enough space, but I normally wait until you can actually see. Cause the, the, the GoPro doesn't, doesn't intake light the same way that my, um, other cameras do. Um, it's not as good in the dark. So here we've got eight birds down and I got nothing on video and then I, re I remember oh my dad's got his camera with me which he has a um the luminix is that right what's called luminix is that the name of uh it? yeah i have the what's same yours, the, the panasonic Lum lumix is that right is it lumen something like that but i lumix, think you have a little I more think. expensive i think yours is a little more expensive but that was that's what he's got his does not do well in the light either hmm. um, i don't know if yours does but so nevin's done with his limit and i'm like here nevin um what did you film for me? So um, they were still coming in. Like I said, this day they're coming in like actually flocks. We're getting flocks of five and five and 10. And, and, and one problem that we're, that we're having is that we were set up so close to the decoys and they were landing right. So like 10 yards, 10 to 15, they're landing right in the decoys. And um, so Nevin starts filming and I pick up my gun and um, Elijah had his two, but both, both his two ducks were, like wounded and I've got to clean them up on the water. So that doesn't feel very good, you know, when you're trying to actually kill ducks and he went on a cold streak and I left, totally left this out of the video because um, it got really rough for him. I and mean, we've all had these bad streaks where, where you just can't hit it. Even as adults, you can go to a streak where you, you feel like you're just shooting blanks. Right. Yeah. Um, so he goes in one of these and, and I mean, flock after flock after flock was floating in and he was just missing and missing and missing. And I'm like, listen, I'm trying to encourage him trying to cheer him up. I'm like, listen, I promise you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put this, I'm about keeping it real. But when it comes to, you know, airing my son's misses on video, when they're going to get public criticism on my YouTube channel, I'm not going to do that because oh, yeah, you know, those, sure. those, if I show them him missing 10 passes, he's going to get destroyed in the comments. He just is because people are stupid. Mm -hmm. Yep. Not all people, but you know how it is on YouTube. <laughs> so it got really bad. Um, his, his cold shooting got really, really bad. And so I'm like, I'm just going to pick up my gun, start shooting too. My dad's just sitting there with the dog and um, only, we only have candy. So my dad's trying to work his dog and I decide I'm going to start shooting too, because take a little pressure off him because everyone's sitting there watching and it's just like flock, come in, miss flock, come in, miss flock, come in, miss. And um, so I ended up shooting my limit. Um, fairly quickly. I did not shoot very well. I was six for 13. Um, but the, I mean, six for 13 isn't bad, but when you would have seen the shots we were getting, it's like, <laughs> you should be six for eight, six for nine, six for six, even sometimes on the shots we were getting, it was just like, everything was just <laughs> flocks right in the decoys. And you'll see on the video on Thursday, what I mean, it was just like, oh my gosh. 
Yeah, um, I'm definitely uh, excited to see that one. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I it's gonna be a totally contrasted video than the other one because the other one's just pretty much all kill shots. And my wife's like, oh, you know, she always wants on my videos. Beth always wants the interactions, people talking, funny stuff happen. That's what she really loves. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know, you didn't get. And I'm like, well, that's just what happened. When when you have ducks coming into your spread every three minutes, you're not gonna have much conversation. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, even on the first time talking about Izzy's injury, every time I started trying to like document her injury, there'd be teal in the decoys. And I I tried like four or five times where I'm filming <laughs> it trying and and so um, but this one is gonna be a lot more because this ended up being a pretty long hunt. It took us until about 10 o'clock um to finish our limit. It was about 9:45, I think, when we when we finished our limit. Um so after I shot my limit. Um, Wheezy's still struggling like crazy and it's getting into his head. And so we were walking down going after a cripple. I think it was his third duck that he had shot. And I'm just took him aside and I'm like trying to explain to him that, you know, this doesn't mean you're a bad hunter. Everyone goes through these bad shooting. I remember in season two, I had to have a confessional on one of my videos because I in in a layout boat, I was six for my last 36. And I just couldn't hit them. I just couldn't. And so I was trying to explain this to him. I was like, this doesn't mean you're competent. You're young. I was like, every, this happens with everyone. Just relax. It'll be fine. And um, so about this point, I think I had, I, Nevin and I both had our limits and Elijah's got three, ran out of shots with the 20, ran out of shells with the 20 gauge actually. So he picked up my outlander. And for some reason, when he picked that up, he cleaned up his last three, like the next three passes, just like bam, bam, huh. bam. Um. And his mood changed immediately. I mean, he was so happy and beaming and proud. And um, I got multiple shots of his on video. And so, um, and then my dad ended up shooting his limit as well. So it was, it was a fantastic day. It was a really, really, really good. We had the entire place to ourselves. My boys shoot their first limit. Um, Elijah learns a lesson about perseverance and fighting through things and keeping your, a positive attitude. And I'm coaching him through it the whole time. And so we end up shooting, I think seven and a half limits on the weekend um, because my dad just chose not to shoot his limit on day one. So out of eight possible limits, we had seven and a half. And I, and I think both days were really, really enjoyable, but seeing my boys shoot their first limits was really fun. But I'm afraid that my video is not gonna do the whole experience justice just because of all of the camera problems I was having and initially and i wasn't i just feel like i wasn't fully able to maybe document it as well as i wanted to but we'll see i'm still working on the video i'm excited about it coming up yeah that's that's yeah. awesome couldn't that'll have been be a better a, opening weekend that'll probably be a memory that uh you know never that you'll never forget and uh, especially boys will will never forget that shooting their first limit yeah i think so and it's actually the same pool that nevin shot his very first teal about three four years ago um the place doesn't hold water on most years and it hadn't held water. It just filled up from these hurricane rains. Mm. Um, probably why it would have been unhunted because it just doesn't hold water that much. So he goes back there, shoots his first duck on this on this spot, a green wing teal. Then goes back like four years later, shoots his first limit on this place. So the place is pretty special to us. Awesome. So one thing I kind of wanted to uh, you know add to these weekly hunt updates, uh, kind of tying into your uh, FDH stats, hunt stats is uh kind of we're gonna have a running tally of the ducks we shoot um and our percentage is kind of just like a you know a little you know i don't know what we call it friendly banter yeah. between ourselves elliot's got a huge head start with all the tilly shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and yeah, uh so you go you tell yours first then uh yeah i'm uh four for eight with one loss uh 50 percent well, that's four for eight. That, uh, so what is your goal with your shooting percentage? What would you like it to be? Uh, I don't know. I've, cause I've never tracked it. So I, I have no idea what it should be at, but I feel like, um, I think 50% is excellent. Um, yeah. maybe it's not, I don't know. Yeah. No, it is. <laughs> I, I think 50% is, is excellent. Um, so go, go ahead. Are you, were you, I, I cut. Uh, well, one, this. one other thing I'll say about this, I forgot to say, um, kind of bef beforehand is, uh, I also had uh, shotgun problems where my ejector's not working. So I was working with like a single shot. So <laughs> a lot of these, uh, I had one time where I got to shoot three times. The rest of my shots were all single shots. 
which the third the three times I I pulled the trigger three times and shot the bird and and um, interestingly enough that was the one I lost you know because it landed a lot further away um, and wasn't completely dead so so that's, if I you know I think that's pretty good maybe maybe you shot so well because you knew you just had one shot uh, maybe I guess I mean but it's just I hit on the first shot and didn't get to shoot again and I was hoping that it would eject yeah <laughs> and uh, it didn't happen yeah. um, one of them was a water swat so yeah I'll add that I, in I, there. We, we had one water swat this weekend but um, so and on the the stats Jordan's talking about if you guys haven't heard of it, it's it's freelancehuntstats.com and you can create an account over there and start logging your hunts and then it keeps track of all of your statistics. Now, some people choose not to keep track of their shooting percentage because you do have to be a little bit more diligent about tracking how many shells that you fire, but nothing on the site is mandatory. So you don't have to, to keep your shooting percentage if you don't want. You still have harvested per hunt, lost per hunt, shots fired per hunt, total hunts. Um, it's got all sorts of stuff over there. So go check it out and create an account. It's only only you there's a free side of it but then um the membership side is only 2.99 a month and um so you ready for me should i get my stats now yeah yeah go for it and uh and then i'll, I'll then i'll give the community stats as well how about that sure yeah and i'll say one thing we should uh we should add a, a kind of graphic we'll do this next time but where we got our running tally i can just flip that on here for the live viewers for the listeners um yeah well i guess you can just check it out our, just take screenshots of our yeah uh, yeah I'll do side by side comparison comparison. Okay. So mine is I've got oh hold on, I gotta filter it by I've got the dove hunt in there by by accident. Let me filter the dove hunt out and just do waterfowl. Um all right, so I've got two hunts, twelve harvested, none lost, one double, twenty-one shots fired, fifty-seven percent shooting, um six harvested per hunt, ten point five shots fired per hunt. That's what I've got. Okay, so wait, how many birds have you shot? <laughs> That's a lot. Twelve. Two hunts, twelve birds. So I shot my limit both days. <laughs> okay. So my average right now is six per hunt, which will cer certainly go down quickly. <laughs> and then the global community. So everyone who's logged hunts, um, just this past, make sure I have it filtered by date the right way. From so this is just waterfowl hunts from the first of September through the tenth of September. So this is going to count people up in Canada that are shooting geese and stuff as well. This is just all waterfowl hunts. Um, and that is right now there's 79 hunts logged. People's shooting percentage is 45.2, averaging 2.7 birds per hunt. Um, total harvested of 220, 26 lost, 20 doubles, three triples. And the, there's actually 62 Canada geese recorded, 52 coots, or no, 15 coots. 126 blue wing teal, 13 green wing teal, one mallard drake, one ring neck, one shoveler, and one wood duck. So that's what we have. Let me see real quick what happens if I just sort it by by blue wing by just green and blue wing teal, and because people probably aren't shooting geese and teal at the same time. You could. So let's see. Uh, I got some spots you can. But I I think that generally speaking, well we'll find out. Let's it'll show. So it, it drops it down to fifth. There was 15. 15 Canada geese, but it, so it dropped out quite a few of them at least. And the shooting percentage drops if you, if you take the most of the geese out. So now the shooting percentage with filtered. So, so when I put blue and green wing teal, it's showing me any hunt that a blue and green wing teal were harvested on. So if you shot a goose it, on that hunt, it showed. Is it this year? Yeah, this is from the first to the, to the 10th. Okay. Is what I'm filtering right now. So 15 geese, 126 blue wing, 13 green wing. One mallard drake, one shovel, one wood duck. The shooting percentage drops down to 44.5 if you filter it that way, but the harvested per hunt drops up to 3.9. So I think it's the goose hunts where people are um, not doing quite as well as the teal hunts, it seems Just, like. So what what was the total percentage on the blue wing? Uh, well, blue, now this counts 15, 15 geese as well, but it drops to 44.5 as the shooting okay. percentage. Okay. That's, that's higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, um, and if I go to let me see what just the lifetime right now the waterfowling is on the on the site um, altogether. So so this is just the history of the site for waterfowl, and the shooting percentage is thirty nine point nine, and that's one thousand six hundred ninety five hunts logged. How how the heck are people having a better shooting percentage on blue wings than average? <laughs> I would think it would have been harder, well, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. 
well, you're dealing with a lot smaller pool. I mean, you're dealing with 70 hunts versus 1,695. I mean, but... Well, the first weekend, these teal are really dumb. I mean... Yeah, that's true. Okay. Most of these teal have a high mortality rate each year. So, like, on our second day hunt, um, we didn't cover up at all. I mean, I was like, okay, because the boys like sitting on stools and they like sitting out in the open because it's just easier shooting. So I said, okay, at shooting time, we'll let you guys sit on these stools, and then as soon as we see these birds flaring, then we'll we'll get hidden better um, because they don't like shooting sitting down, and you know they just want it to be as like you said, standing and shooting is just easier, like you said on the last podcast. Yeah. Um, I never had to get them off the stools. And even at like 930 and like Elijah's stool was 10 yards from the water, 15 yards from the spinner. He's not covered up at all other than just his camouflage and groups of 10 are landing in the decoys. <laughs> so huh. I think that's why your shooting percentage is higher. Man, it's crazy. Because they're dumb right now. You do that in three weeks, you know, or when, you know, when mallards or whatever start coming in, you're just, you're, you're the, the type of shot you're getting is going to decrease, I think. Yeah. So, I guess and time I think will 39 tell. is, I, I think 39 is, you know, I, when I, when I keep track of my shooting percentage, I want to stay in the 40s. So I'm lifetime 45.5. Well, when I say lifetime, that's what I have recorded, which is the last 10 years. 253 hunts i'm 45.5 shooter um which i'm happy with that i would love to be at 50 percent every year my goal is 50 percent um is is my goal but i've only made that goal twice in the last since i've been keeping track in the last 11 years i've only shot on 50 percent twice i've shot down on the 30 percent twice so just depends nice well um i guess any plans we got for next weekend or coming up um, well, tell about yours. Cause you've got something special coming up, don't you? Uh, yeah, I guess so. So, uh, I guess, you know, now's as good a time to talk about it as any, but, um, I'm going to be doing some work for HTR guys and, uh, filming some hunts for them and doing some cool stuff like that. And so I won't necessarily be hunting on those hunts, but that'll be uh, pretty cool to be out there and filming waterfowl all the time. So... Will you like if they shoot their limit? Will then you be able to pick up the gun, or do you just not even take it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Uh, the thing is that I mean, that's what they said, but I, I don't know. It, just starting out, I'm probably not even gonna worry about it. I'm just gonna be like, you know, I'm gonna get the best footage I can, um, yeah. you know, to put in the YouTube videos and and not worry about it. But I mean, I guess yeah. If, if we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. It's just gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. But for now, I'm just gonna try to film the best I can. Now, where, where are these videos going to be housed? Um, starting up a YouTube for them, um, HDR Innovations on YouTube, I guess. I guess I don't know what the name is yet. So, uh, yeah, it'll That's be up cool. on YouTube, I, though. I can't so. wait to watch those. I can't wait to watch those. And but so, yeah. Will, um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the HDR Innovations. What's the name of the guy we just talked to? Just it was like Tim. An hour. Tim. <laughs> yeah. Will he yep. be the, will you have the camera in his face a lot? Like you're... Um, He's the center, the front, the front face of the page, or um, yeah, and his son's uh, you know, a very active hunter as well. So it'd just be a combination of the two, um, and you know whoever comes along the hunts. But uh, you know, it's a a pretty. I know who the 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 guys are in general. It's pretty fun guy guys to hunt with, and um, you know they've been in some of my videos in the past because um, they're here local and. Uh, yeah, so it'll be cool to see that. Um, just will, see how it all plays out. Will you be talking out. at all during them? Will you be on the videos like your face, or will you just be totally behind the camera? I, I don't know how it's going to work out. Um, you know, my thought would be that it would be, you know, more focused, more centralized around them since it's their, uh-huh. you know, channel, their videos. And I'll be more focused on just getting the good shots and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's going to be interesting. That's going to yeah. be really interesting. Oh, yeah. And I'll try to, you know, help them figure out when the right times are to vlog and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe we can get some really high quality with the vlog style. That's kind of the goal. Yeah. And put out some awesome hunt videos. Yeah, so. I can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see him. So our, our weekend is, Izzy has her surgery on Friday. And the vet I've got that lined up with is actually right around where we hunted. Because um, that's where I ran her to Saturday. And I love the guy. He was actually a duck hunter too. Just, I wish he was my every all the time vet. Um, so 
we're going down there and going to go out Friday morning. Izzy goes into surgery um, Friday at one, then Saturday hunt morning, and then pick up Izzy at just before noon on Saturday. That's the plan. And Fumbles is still down there. He's been going out and scouting every single day. And right now he's got two places, at least two spots where this holding good numbers of birds and he has not seen people in there hunting them. So he's going to be back out there in the morning scouting and man, these are the best scouts because he just goes out to these places at, at shooting time and just sits, you know? And oh, yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, and he's this will be like three, four days in a row that he will have done this before we hunt. You so, need to do a, a tally of just seeing, like, if you get, like, how many days of scouting equals what amount of limits, you know? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there is going to be in time, I imagine, on freelance hunt stats, there will be a scouting a scouting section to it. Um, so right now my, my original plan is totally done and complete. So from here, it'll just be tweaking it. You know, what shells did you shoot? What shotgun did you shoot? Did you use spinners? I want to have a section to know, you know, I want to know, do spinners work in late season? And so yeah. I'm going to get that in there right away because I believe they do, but that'll be, but it doesn't matter what you tell people, even if you have, you know, I could have 10,000 slots and people still wouldn't, <laughs> And people would yeah. say, well, yeah, my personal experience tell me, well, if I've got, you know, a certain point in time, I'm going to have enough hunts logged on this site that your my 10,000 hunts logged are going to trump your hunting um, opinion because I'll have <laughs> actual data and, you know, data sometimes doesn't lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. It sometimes doesn't lie. <laughs> sometimes it does. It can, it can be manipulated. Yep, no, that's true. Yep, that's that's for but, sure. You know, and there's another thing on the site is that I wonder if sometimes if people get goose eggs if they don't report their hunts because yep. you're not excited to, to do it at goose eggs, so that will drive everything up. Shooting percentages, birds per hunt per averages will be brought up, and my my guess is that that probably takes place more than mm. I would like it to. I definitely agree because uh, I will admit I need to go at it, but like I said, I. I reported or uh took the statistics the statistics for the first day but the second day we didn't even shoot our gun so it didn't get reported and it's going to because yeah. i need to i want to keep my stats for the whole year yeah. to have an accurate account mm -hmm. um but yeah i guess are you done saying what you're doing this weekend um yeah pretty much yeah we, we're just i think we're gonna shoot two more, i'm hoping we're gonna shoot two more limits of if i could start off the season with 24 ducks after two weekends i'd say that's <laughs> gonna be the best start ever by oh, far yeah for sure. So yeah, I guess the last thing I'd say is I'm going to Kentucky next weekend. Um, gonna be meeting up with Quack Addicts. And we're gonna be making some videos for YouTube and hunting together. So that should be awesome. They got a wood duck till hunt there, and um, they get the two the two wood ducks and four till or six till whatever you want. Um, so that'll be awesome. You know, getting down there and he's, he seems like a really cool guy down to earth and uh, you know really hardcore into duck hunting just like we are. So definitely pumped for that and i'll probably try uh this week as well to get out there um i got a, a pond a little pond marshy pond that holds a few till won't get a lot just to kind of help knock some of the rust off with chief he didn't do great this weekend I, I won't lie um i need to get some work working with him what was he doing what was the deal uh he was breaking um he broke a few times and then uh when he did break he did not want to come back. Like we had uh, that that uh, one we lost that it went pretty far, and uh, he was going after it, and he did not want to come back. <laughs> so uh, you know, just definitely gonna have to work on some of that that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, you know, um, you go from last season. It was the end of the season. He was doing really well, um, and then this season, you know, all the backyard training doesn't always um, <laughs> convert as well as you'd like to going out um on on the first time he was so excited you could see just like a change in his demeanor um when we when the birds started falling and all that kind of stuff but need to rein it in a little bit and get get him uh back on track did he break on every single shot no but he did <laughs> it was probably like 50 percent something like that something bad um yeah, yeah. that's unfortunate yeah, that, so that my dad worked the first day hard on candy and he, he had her on a leash and then after he'd shoot, he'd take her off of it, make her stay 
and and she was doing well then he would send her and then on two of them that day she broke and then on the second day she was just awful she broke on every chance she could um, mm. even when he would like take her off the leash she would break so he felt like um it, it re he really lost ground on her steadiness on the second day yeah yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's just some dogs. I think it it goes with the drive sometimes. If they have really high drive, it's really hard to rein that yeah. in. And uh, yeah, yeah. Even Izzy with low drive breaks sometimes. Yeah, that's true. So, um, I guess one thing I'll add before we go off air, just kind of jumping back to the the um, the wood duck. You know, I just want to make sure people know, like. I did try to identify. I saw some people saying in the comments, but um, it's definitely something you should never do. Um, so just kind of throwing out there. I don't want to seem like I'm flipping about it because shooting a wood duck in till season, it might be memed across the internet, but it's not something that should happen. So anyways. So was it a, was it a small yearling wood duck, you think? Was yeah, it, it was. One? It was for sure. I had a one-time out teal hunting about six seven eight years ago we were hunting a tiny little hole and this flock of about five wood ducks came in and i'm telling you it took like it was so hard to figure out what they were little like teal i drew down on them i mean i would say 50 percent of people would have shot those birds when you have those yearling wood duck that are that are just fresh sometimes they could they don't look like wood ducks at all and they're the size of like a this, the things i saw were like the size of little greenling teal they mm -hmm. were really really small and it was almost impossible um to tell now i didn't pull the trigger on them but i felt really proud of myself for being able to identify but then uh, there was a, a couple of years later where um widgeon came in kind of a foggy morning saw the white breast and thought greenling teal and it was a small one and, you know, we just can't be perfect. If, if you're going to hunt a bunch from time to time, there's going to be a few unfortunate mistakes that are made. And it doesn't, it doesn't speak to your ethics. It's just every now and then, unfortunately, there are going to be a few mistakes that are made. And we our, our hopes is just to minimize them and try to make sure it never happens. But sometimes, you know. Yep, I agree with that. So anyways, um, anything else you want to add? Yeah, let me tell one story. My mom and dad are dying for me. It's going to be, I'll make it, I'll make it quick, but it's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. go for it. That's fine. All right. So Friday night, I'm at the campsite by myself and we've got this place all locked down. We're going to hunt. We want to hunt it so bad because the teal are just like gnats or mosquitoes in there. That's that crazy. And so my dad is at his camper and he calls me on the phone and he's got kind of a weird tone of voice. And he's like, um, well, Elliot, I was outside and this guy came up and they, they were, bringing their camper and they were they were camping there and i got to talking to him turns out he's a duck hunter and i'm like yeah and he's like yeah um they're, they're gonna hunt name of marsh here i'm not gonna say the name they're gonna hunt blank marsh too and i'm like oh really um <laughs> man and he's like yeah and he's i was like did you tell him that we were gonna be hunting he's like well yeah i'm like you told him what, what marsh we're gonna be hunting and he's like, he's like, yeah, I did. And he's like, and um, he was really honest and really nice. And I accidentally also told him what time we were planning on getting there. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you told the guy where we're going to hunt and the exact time that we're getting to the location. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I was like, did you ask him what time he's going to be there? No. I was like, did you ask him where they're planning the, the hunt in the pool? He's like, no. And I'm like, listen. You better get out right now and go over there. Talk to that guy again. Tell him now that you've told, told him all this stuff, you're going to tell him where we're planning on setting up and tell him where we think they should go. And so my dad went over there with his tail between his legs and he's like, <laughs> I'm all in trouble with my son. And he's all, you know, because <laughs> it's the last information you want to give out of where you're going to be hunting and what time you're getting there. <laughs> but Turns out we didn't get that spot anyway. And those guys ended up, they were the only other group in the pool with us and they shot their limit too. But it was nice. I was a little bit annoyed. Oh, <laughs> a yeah. little bit annoyed. I hear you on that. So. All right, guys. Well, make sure to stay tuned. We'll be doing this, like we said, weekly. It's uh, on iTunes as well. Uh, Duck Gun Podcast. And be streaming them here on Facebook as well every week. 
Tuesdays around 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. So anyways, that's all I got. I'm Jordan from Duckin Chronicles, co-host Elliot from Freelance Ducking on YouTube, and we'll see you guys next time.